Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, I want to encourage the men. Now, you know when God encourages men, he knows it's Father's Day. He's the one who keeps it on the, on the calendar. And uh, that, that the women are not going to go without being encouraged. We know that. Uh, no one's going to go without being encouraged today. Because God wants to speak to us all, the same as it did on Mother's Day, I think it spoke to all of us. And so it's going to speak to all of us today. Now let's start off with uh, what, what the title is, Fathers, You Are Vital. You are vital. You are very important. You are very important. Now, you say, well, uh, yeah, no, you're talking about fathers. I'm not a father. I'm, I'm, I'm single or or whatever, but I'm talking to you too because you one day might be a father. Uh, and even if you aren't a father, if you're a male, it's important that our young children look up to you. It's very important that they see proper role models in the church of God. It's very important. So regardless of whether you ever get married, regardless of whether you're single today, regardless of whether you uh, are married and don't have children yet, you are vital to the bringing up of our children. I know that uh, when we dedicate uh, children to, uh, we'll have their parents dedicate children to the Lord, we do it in front of the congregation because the congregation has a part to play. If you have children in this congregation, then all of us, they, they watch all of us. They, their little eyes, their little ears, they hear uh, women, they hear the men, they hear everybody, the things they say, they see the things they do. So it's very important for all of us to be representing Jesus Christ every single Sunday that you, you come. Or any, any other time the body gets together, it's very important for us to represent Jesus Christ. Because some people, the only uh, father they're going to see is somebody else's father. The only uh, male that's going to be uh, important in their life might be the only, might be the male they see in church. So it's very important uh, for that. I know that uh, there are, are people who are orphans and they look up to people. They really do. There are people who uh, have single parents and they are desperately looking for a male they can look up to, that they, that they can impart life to them. And so you are in, in important. Now, let me be specific today. Uh, it's not a long message. It's, it's, it's about a 20-minute message probably. And, and the thing is that of all the things that I can talk about today, I want to talk about three things. Of all the things that we need to, to develop in our character to be like Christ, I want to talk about three. That, that I think that affects males really more than females in a way. Now, I'm going to talk about my weaknesses, which um, I think that a lot of males have because we weren't brought up. Uh, a certain way. And so until we develop 
the character of Christ in our life, then it, it, it uh, hurts us. Let's open our Bibles or look at the screen to Joshua chapter 24. Let's start in verse 12. Then I sent the hornet before you and drove out the two kings of the Amorites from before you, but not by your sword or your bow. I gave you the land on which you had not labored, and cities which you had not built, and you have lived in them. You have you are eating the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord your God, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, I thought that was tremendous coming from a father. Joshua said, as for me, and my house. He didn't say, as for me, I can't speak for my house because they don't follow me. Um, you know, they, they, they do their own thing. No, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think that God, well, I know that God has put certain things in men because he did it in Genesis. God has a reason for what he does. In regards of how great um, women are and how sometimes we are weak as men, God has called us to be strong. God has put strength in us, and he's calling us to be strong. And so he's calling for the whole household to follow the head of the household, men. And he's expecting the man of the household to follow him. That's how it works. No one is the head without being followed because it tells you in, in Corinthians that, that, that the father, God, is the head of Christ. So everybody has a head. There's nobody just doing their own thing. Let's go to verse 24. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord, our God, and we will obey his voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made them a stature and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be for a witness against us, for it has heard all the words 
of the Lord, which he spoke to us. Thus it shall be for a witness against you, so that you do not deny your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to his inheritance. And it came about after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the territory of, the, uh, of his inheritance in Timnath-Shear, which is in the hill country of Ephraim and the north, on the north of Mount Gesh. Israel served the Lord, this is important, all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua and had known all the deeds of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Now, I thought that was, that was very important that not only did Joshua say, as for as, as me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. But he also was a leader, and the people that he led, as long as he was leading them, they followed the Lord. Israel didn't follow the Lord much at all. And for Israel to follow the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, they're saying that these were men of strength. And God supported them. And that's what I want to be. I want to be a man of strength that people will serve the Lord as long as I am serving the Lord and leading them. So as far as me and my household, I had that on, on, a, on a little plaque uh, in my office over on Park Avenue. As far as me, me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Because I believe that God had anointed me to lead my three daughters and my wife. And regardless of, of uh, what I didn't know to do or what I was learning to do, God will give me the grace. He will give me the grace to come up to Paul because I was not trying to be negligent or anything. Some things I just didn't know. And so uh, I was willing to be learn. I was willing to learn. So as I was learning, I was trying to change. Now I'm going to talk to you about three things that I had the most problems with as I was uh, in, in my particular my young uh, life. Uh, when I say my young life, I'm still young, but in my, in my younger life, when uh, my children were young and I didn't have much uh, intelligence spiritually. And then it became a time where I got saved and I started learning, but still didn't know how to apply the things I was learning. Uh, what happened then? Well, the first thing I want to talk to you about is humility. The second thing I want to talk to you about after humility is long-suffering. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about is gentleness. Those are the three things. And those were the three things that I was um, not at all good at. Let's uh, look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. 
through now. In, in, in Philippians, we went through the whole book of Philippians, so you know it very well. Let me review verse 5 through 9. It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Now it tells me here that Jesus is our example man of humility. Jesus is God. He didn't, he didn't uh, think that being equal to God was a thing to be grasped and held on to and said, no, I'm not going down there. I'm, I am not going to humble myself and go down there and be humiliated to be in the likeness of those I created. I'm not going to do that. But see, he emptied himself. He emptied himself. And became just like a man, like I didn't say was, but like a man. And he became obedient to God, even obedience to the death of the cross. And so that humility to me tells me that we as men, the very first thing, the very first thing, we have to be just humble. And that was one of my least qualities was humility. Least. Because I thought I was something. And humility is thinking low of yourself. Really, it's, a, it's, it's thinking right about yourself in relationship to Jesus Christ. But as compared to other people, you need to think of yourself as lower than other people. That's humility. And I thought I was better than a lot of people. And so everything I did, everything I said, and when I say everything, if, if, you, if you were around me, you could pick it up. I was not humble. And it tells in your household. See, because, see, Josh said, as for me and my household, we should serve God. Then your household should be following me. And so uh, uh, if, if I'm thinking I'm something, then you're teaching your children that, hey, 
you're better than people. Don't, don't let nobody put you down. This is this and this. And you teach pride. They pick it up. And that's something that we have to do as men, I believe, that will bring glory to God. Most of all, there's the three things I'm going to talk about. And the first being humility. 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 I didn't start becoming humble until I got saved. And then, once I got saved, I didn't know how to apply it. And so, I still was on the short end of the stick. And I don't want that to be for anybody else. And now, of course, that's one thing I'm trying to do all the time is stamp out pride in my life. Because I know it's an uh, attribute of Satan, pride, and not of God. Not of God at all. So if you will listen to people, if you will watch people, you will pick it up. Humility, pride. Humility, pride. A, a prideful person is not going to obey Jesus Christ in everything. I'm going to tell you that because I didn't. A prideful person not going to do it. Jesus did. He humbled himself and became obedient to the Father, even death on the cross. That's how you humble yourself, by being obedient to Jesus Christ. And if I want to be obedient to Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to be obedient to Jesus Christ in my speech, in my action, in my attitude, in my thoughts. I cannot be prideful in those areas. And that's how you can tell a prideful person is in their thoughts, because their thoughts, even though we don't know them, their mouth going to speak what they think. So you listen to people. You watch people, and you'll find out a prideful person, uh, that's, that's how they are. I thought that uh, I was above certain things. Certain things I didn't need to do. I don't care what somebody said I needed to do. I don't care if they were in authority or whether they weren't in authority. If I didn't want to do it, I didn't do it because I was a prideful person. And there are... All, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of that. Oh, my goodness gracious, I'm trying to get rid of that. Uh, because that's, that is not going to bring the grace of God. It's not at all. And so uh, you watch people, and those people who cannot submit to authority, they are prideful people. So authority tells you this right here. Oh, no, we don't do this. I don't, I don't want you to do this other. They do exactly what they want to do and make an excuse for it. I'm telling you. I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it when I see it. I know it because I've, I, I lived it. I lived it. And that's what a prideful person will do. I'm telling you, really. Think about it. It's not a lot of big things. They could be little things. Little things. Like we have, we, they, most people have been in this church a couple, three years, 
they know that we don't eat in the sanctuary unless we have, you know, we specify, hey, today we're eating in the sanctuary. We don't bring coffee. We don't do anything in here. Do you know people, people bring coffee? They do whatever they want to do. Do you know that? Why do they do that? Because they are prideful. They're going to resist authority. I used to do it. Because I thought, hey, that rule don't make any sense. Now, I can bring, I can bring uh, coffee in here if I want to bring coffee in here. What are they going to do anyway? Are they going to put me out? Uh, I, I used to make excuses. I'm telling you. I don't want that to be a characteristic of any male, any father, because that is what our children need to imitate. They need to imitate humility. That's what they need. Don't get in the car and talk about the rules and regulations at your job uh, and your children hear it. Don't talk about authority where your children can hear you talking about your authority and you know that they're going to pick up that same attitude. They're going to do it. I don't care who that authority is. They could be the president of the United States. I don't care whether he's a Democrat. I don't care whether he's a Republican. I don't care what it is. Uh, don't talk about him. Pray for him. Pray for him. Don't talk about your leaders uh, at, at your job. Your children can hear it. Don't talk about your, your leaders at church. Your, your children can hear it. It, it doesn't make any sense. That's a prideful person. Don't do that. God is a God who put all authority in existence anyway. All authority is from God. That's number one. Number two is coming off of that same area is long-suffering. Long-suffering. Men need to not only be humble, but be long-suffering because your children need to see a male that's going to forbear their weaknesses, going to um, understand, I know, I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. I've been through the same thing. It's okay. It's okay. Children spill things. They, they, they don't do things like they should do all the time. You need to be long-suffering men. Long-suffering. Because that's a, that's a characteristic of Jesus Christ. Our Father is long-suffering. It tells us that in, in the Bible. So if I'm going to represent Christ, one of his, the, the great things I love about the Father is that he's long-suffering. He's long-suffering. Oh, thank you, Father, that you put up with me, and you've been putting up with me for so long. And maybe I'm the only one that he's been putting up with. Maybe y'all came out of the womb being obedient. But I know no one has. So I believe we're all in the same boat that we need 
the mercy of God to be upon us because if he were not long-suffering, this thing would have been long over with. Long over with. But because he's long-suffering and is not willing for any to die and go to hell, he is holding back things, holding back things until all have the opportunity to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Oh, he's so long-suffering. Just think of the things he has put up with in your life. Just think of it. He's put up with things in your life. And still putting up with things. I, I believe that the, the, the most spiritual person who think they are spiritual got so many things that God is putting up with because he's long-suffering. He's long-suffering. And when I was, when, when I was younger, of course... I was not as long-suffering. Not as long-suffering. And, uh, you, you know, it tells sometimes with us as men because sometimes, on just the average, just the average, just norm, uh, men have a better sense of direction than women. Just on the, on the average. Not everybody. Not everybody because some women, they, 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 can, they can follow map, They can do everything. And men don't have a clue. But most of the time, it's men. They, they, have, they have a good sense of direction and everything. And sometimes we as men, sometimes we will say, uh, hey, so uh, where did you say uh, uh, I'm supposed to go? And sometimes we get impatient. Can't you understand? We just, you, how many times have you been that way? I mean, don't you know that we just came from there? Don't you know how to get back? We turn left, we turn right, all you have to do is reverse the order. But don't you know that sometimes some women, they don't, they, they don't pay attention to where they're going because you're driving. We have to be long-suffering, especially when it comes to teaching our teenagers how to drive. You know, whew, you have to be long-suffering. You know? So when, when I talk... Minerva had to drive a stick shift. She said, that's it. After one time, that's it. No more. No more will you get in this car with me. I'm not getting here with you. Forget it. Because I, I was not long-suffering. Not long-suffering. You know, you, you had the gears, you know, and they're scraping the gears, you know, and they can't get a clutch and the, and, the, and the acceleration right. You say, Come on, yeah, I think, I think you know what I'm talking about. And, and our children are the same way sometimes. Or we, we get impatient with them. We get impatient. And God is not impatient with us. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He is not impatient with us. And so most men, on an average, just on an average, are not long-suffering with their children. And with other people's children, just, just not long-suffering. So, therefore, we kind of raise our voice sometimes. We kind of are short with them sometimes. And they see that, and it goes into the next area, which is gentleness. Because if you're not long-suffering, usually your voice goes to another level. And when your voice goes to another level, gentleness goes out the door, and harshness comes into the door. 
And God is not harsh with us. He's gentle with us. And so we're supposed to be gentle with others. And we can go to Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 22, which tells about long-suffering. Uh, Galatians 5, 23 tells us about gentleness. And, and gentleness is everything that's harsh and, and, and a stern and cold, cold in us is affected by this quality called gentleness. Harshness goes out the door. We shouldn't have uh, a, not one ounce of harshness in us. How many times, how many times has Christ been harsh with you? You can't think of a time that he's been harsh with you. In spite of us. In spite of our shortcomings. See, he's never going to be harsh with us. He's always going to be gentle with us because he's long-suffering. If you're long-suffering, you're gentle. It just goes with the territory. You're gentle. And so you can practice these things. All of us can practice these things when we're driving uh, along the highway. Usually, usually, if somebody pulls out in front of you and they're going kind of slow, you say, I wish the old man, an old woman, it's got to be somebody old. You might not see them, but you figure they're old. They, they need to stay home, turn their license in. They don't need to be on the highway. How many people do you know that you're going to be old one day? You have a, a mother and a father who may be old, and their death perception is not what it used to be. So they, you know, sometimes you say, that car sat right there and waited until I got right up on it, then it pulled out. Well, their death perception is off, and they're trying, should I go? Should I not go? Should I go? Yeah, I'm going to go. And, and so they pull out in front of you. But as an elderly person, and, and I get it a lot because I live over in the area near Westminster, Canterbury, you know. And so uh, some of them, they drive because they have different degrees uh, of living there, townhomes. They have a lot of different things. And they'll pull out. They'll be going to the doctor. And if I'm going over to the glass area over that way, they are going that way. They pull out on Williams Road, go down VS, 20 miles an hour. They go down Rivermont, 20 miles an hour. They go down Langham, 20 miles an hour. You can't pass them until they get past Holy Cross and get over in the left lane to turn to go to their doctor's appointment. And no matter how much of a hurry you are and what kind of sign languages and stuff you're saying in your car that they can't hear you, still you can practice long suffering. Long suffering. 
You can't tell me that you were always a great driver. You can't tell me that. Because most teenagers, they're not great drivers. They're not. They go, they, they, sometimes we now, we're too, we, we get too close on people. And the following just is not there. We do a lot of things that we shouldn't do. But I'm telling you, be patient with the elderly because one day you're going to be old. And you're going to want to drive. And somebody is going to give you sign languages. And somebody going to. Because you have never been long suffering. And see, the thing you need to say, hey, bless them. Bless them, Lord. You know. Uh, at least they can, they, they're still driving. They're still driving. And somebody don't have to come over and take them everywhere they need to go. Bless them, Lord. Because we need to start out earlier anyway. We don't need to be late all the time and got to speed all the time going somewhere. But that's how you can, you can practice sometimes that way. And, and we can practice uh, when we have uh, things like this eating thing, uh, if, if you have children, they, they, invariably they're going to drop something. They're going to drop something. No need to get upset. And when we have eating in the sanctuary, they, they, but people drop things. They drop things. There's no need to get upset because somebody dropped something. What is a carpet on the scheme of things? This carpet not going to heaven. Really? It's not. But when we get mad and start hollering at, at, at kids and, 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 and getting upset with them and not long-suffering with them and, and we are harsh with them and not gentle with them, they're not seeing the character of their Heavenly Father. We can practice these things. Those are the three things, I think, that are shortcomings of a lot of men. I know it was with me. And I'm saying that we need to practice humility. We need to practice long-suffering. We need to practice gentleness as men. Because we need to lead our household in these things. Practice on your animals. Practice. Practice. And, of course, some, some of you, uh, you probably... Uh, you don't have an animal that, that, that have accidents or something like that. Uh, you know, some of you don't. But I know uh, Stella's told me about Sam with peanuts, that dog. You know, Sam doesn't like that dog, you know. Uh, but, but you need to practice being gentle with that dog. Hold the dog sometime, you know. <laughs> Hold the dog sometime, you know. Dogs like to be held. They like to lick you in the face, you know. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that okay? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get mad at the cat because the cat threw up, you know. A uh, cat, if they lick themselves all the time, they're going to have these hairballs and they're going to throw it up. And so you get mad and holler at the cat. You know, cats like to jump up on things. No matter how much you tell them, hey, don't, don't, don't jump on that. Don't jump on that. 
And as soon as you leave, they just jump, jump on it. So I used to holler at the cat, and Minerva got on my, my case a lot. <laughs> Don't holler at the cat. Uh, she came and told me, said, hey, uh, she said, what's that sound? I said, Chloe jumped up on the couch, and he knocked the picture over when he was jumping up on it. She said, oh. And so she went out and looked at, hey, Chloe's up on the couch. So I said, okay, I'll I, I take care of her. No, no, hey, don't, don't be mean. Don't be mean. That's the first thing she tells me. Don't be mean. Why? Because that's my, that, that, that's, I'm harsh with, with, with somebody and impatient with him. He, he knows I told him, don't get on the couch. He knows that. So I sneak around, and, and he, can't, he can't hear as well as he used to. So I sneak around, and, and uh, I get the little water bottle. And because, you see, you don't, have, you don't have to say anything. You just, just. So the, and the cat, pew, I mean, the cat gone all downstairs because the cat doesn't want to be shot with a water bottle. I don't have to say anything. Don't have to be harsh. Don't have to, I can be long-suffering, you know. So, <laughs> so I clean up the cat's mess now. I used to get mad at a cat when the cat would throw up. I stopped doing that now because I'm getting older. And I said, well, what's happened? What's going to happen if I throw up? Somebody got to clean it up. They do. They do. Do you realize that when you get older, you start losing ability sometimes for your body function? You know that? I know none of us are here yet, but I'm telling you, my daughter, one of my daughters works as a CNA, and she tells me that the older generation that she works, they can't, they, they, she got to help them do everything and clean up everything. I said, man, am I going to get that way? Am I going to get that way? So start being long-suffering and gentle with your cat and with your dog because you're practicing and, and, and uh, sowing seeds for somebody to take care of you because somebody's going to have to take care of you. I guarantee you you're not going to be able to take care of yourself if you live long enough. Okay? So that's the lesson for today is that these three things I believe that men need to be humble, long-suffering, and gentle because it's part of our character a lot of time to be harsh, to be short, and be prideful. We have to stamp those things out and say, as far as me and my household, we are going to be humble, we're going to be long-suffering with each other, and we are going to be gentle with one another. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.